Christ is risen. risen Good morning, and welcome to worship at Central Baptist Church. What a beautiful morning to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. We're glad that you chose to come here and to be a part of community together this morning. As we get started, I'd like to ask that you pass the friendship pads in the pews at the ends of the pews. If you are interested in learning more about this place or ways that you can be involved, please put a contact information down, an email or a phone number, and we will send some information your way. The children spent the early part of this morning decorating this beautiful cross and celebrating Easter during their Sunday school hour. But their excitement cannot be contained to just that one hour and to those rooms. So today, during our worship, they will lead our procession with ribbons, with bells ringing, and they will ring those bells each time they hear the word, Alleluia. See if they pay attention. Alleluia. And then you can hear them back there a little bit. (laughs) If there are any children uh, sitting here that would like to help and join that and be a part of that, we have plenty of bells back there. So um, if you just want to start making your way back there, you can be a part of that procession and then join your parents afterwards. Do not be alarmed by this ringing, for they are ringing out the good news that Christ is not dead that new life is here, that resurrection isn't just a possibility, it has now become a reality. Join them so that all the world knows that Jesus Christ is risen. Let us worship God together.
Let us pray. Ever-living God, this morning we wake to find that Easter happened. We discover an empty tomb and a resurrected Lord. For you, O oh God, have brought forth a new season, a season of new life filled with bold colors, bright golden rays, and fresh air. Awaken our souls this morning as we witness the new and endless possibilities for living as new creations in you. For we see now that death is not the finality of your story, but resurrection happens to us all. We pray this in the name of the resurrected Christ. Amen. I invite you now to turn to those around you and pass the peace of Christ. We begin this glorious Easter worship service in the celebration of Christian baptism. For Baptists, we believe that baptism, like resurrection, is a full-bodied experience. We give our hearts and souls and minds and bodies, our whole being, to God in surrender. And we witness today two young men who are making this choice to surrender their lives to the renewal that Christ brings. We first introduced Jackson Campbell, a student at Transylvania University, a native of Montgomery? Montgomery County. I get confused sometimes with all the 120 counties. Native of Montgomery County, uh, who joins with us in this glad celebration of new life that Christ brings. Now hear more of Jackson's story as his testimony will be read by his mother Lisa and by his boyfriend Jose in Spanish. Good morning. Este domingo pascual, cuando nos reunimos para completar la reacción de Jesús Cristo, confeso públicamente mi fe en él. A través del bautismo de creyente, esta no es una decisión que se toma la libre y ha llegado a darme cuenta de lo que, lo que solía pensar que significaba ser un cristiano. Ya no es lo que creo que es. Nací y crecí sirviendo a Dios y las personas a través de la iglesia local. Asistí a los, todas las fluxiones para hacer los movimientos y usé la palabra amor hasta el punto que no nos significaba nada. Pensé que si seguía las letras y así lo que leí en la Biblia, viví mi mejor vida. Pronto aprendí que las luchas de mi vida me harían luchar con la Biblia de sí, y lo que su propósito era un 
la vida. Con el tiempo, a través de muchos cambios de mi vida, mi perspectiva de Dios también ha cambiado. Estoy creyendo para darme cuenta que, de que Dios no es un Dios aterrado. Aprendí que Dios es un Dios amoroso, uno que creó a cada ser humano amando para ser ellos mismos, para vivir y amar y para ser cuidadoso unos con otros. Y este domingo de Pascual me estoy muriendo por mis viejas costumbres y mis viejas percepciones de Jesús y estoy siendo ejecutado en una nueva vida de gracia y paz y mi oración de hoy es para contarles lo que, te, que tu fe significa para ti para que puedas crecer más fuerte. Good morning. This Easter, as we come together to contemplate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I publicly confess my faith in him through believer's baptism. This is not a decision that was taken lightly, and I've grown to realize that what I used to think it meant to be a Christian is not what I think anymore. I was born and raised serving and loving God and people through the local church. I attended all functions, went through the motions, used the word love to the point that it meant nothing. I thought that if I followed the rules and did as the Bible read, I would live my best life. Soon I learned that the struggles of life would cause me to wrestle with what the Bible had told me and what it, its purpose was in life. Over time, through many life changes, my perspective on God has also changed. I'm growing to realize that God is not a scary God. I've learned God is a loving God, one that created every beloved human to be themselves, to live and love and to be kind to one another. On this Easter Sunday, I'm dying to my old ways and my old, old perceptions of Jesus and being raised up in a new life of grace and peace. My prayer today is that you would contemplate what your faith actually means to you so that you may grow stronger in it. Jackson, will you now profess your faith? Now I hear the affirmation of your community of faith. Jackson, upon profession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, in obedience to his command, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism, and raised to walk in the newness of life.
Our second baptism today is Stasha Nicky, young man I had the pleasure of meeting during his wedding and honor to perform his wedding with his wife Christy, who will now read his testimony to you. Stosh writes, 
I was raised Catholic by two incredible parents and was very involved in our church as a young man. I was an altar boy, a member of our youth group, and in the church choir. At some point in my early life, I drifted away from church. There were times where my relationship with God was much closer than other times. I found that when my life was the most difficult, God had a way of showing me that he was still with me. In 2004 through 2005, I found myself deployed to Iraq. That year was extremely difficult, and I felt almost certain that God watched over me and helped me to return home. When I returned home, I was struggling to find a sense of peace in my life, and I was consumed with a lot of anger and resentment. I began to realize that the only enemy I was facing at home was myself, and that I was ill-equipped to deal with the challenges and dangers that this newfound enemy possessed. Over many years, I tried to sort out who I was as a person and who I wanted to be. It was not always easy, and I made many mistakes, but I believe that God had the answers I was in search of even before I had the courage and trust to ask him. I believe that God led me to my wife and brought a person into my life that demanded more of me. Christy expected me to be my best and encouraged me to become my best version. The two of us eventually decided on attending this church together, and that journey led us to this incredible church. Now that we are expecting our first son, I am grateful for the teachings and sense of inclusion that Central Baptist offers. When I think about the environment that I want our son to be raised in, I feel very blessed to have the opportunity for our son to learn about diversity, acceptance, and social responsibility. It is my belief that a church should represent the best of who we are and be a place where we can all grow closer to God. I know that there have been many times in my life when I have fallen short, that God has always been with me. With this baptism, I hope to be reborn in my relationship with Christ and to be a light for others who have at different times felt helpless and afraid. Stosh, will you now profess your faith? Now hear the affirmation of your community of faith. Stosh, upon profession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, in obedience to his command, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism, and raised to walk in the newness of life.
Let's pray again, please. Dear God, how good is it to know that despite our fears, our hopelessness, our concerns, our anger, our wars, our strife, our conflicts, our divisions, that Christ is alive. Nothing else matters. And it's in his name I pray. Amen. Please be seated.
Now let us hear the message of the resurrection today found in our gospel lesson from the 24th chapter of the gospel of Luke. I invite you to stand in its hearing if you are able and then to remain standing as you sing the doxology in response. Luke 24, beginning in verse 1. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, and when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling, dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. And they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up, ran to the tomb, Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. The Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Over the course of the last several weeks, throughout the season of Lent, this congregation has been considering the guidepost from researcher Brene Brown's book, The Gift of Imperfection. And her work, it looks like, is becoming more and more popular. I noticed just yesterday that you don't have to try to remember her name or search for it on YouTube to watch one of her compelling presentations but now there's an hour and 16 minute Netflix release on 
how we should dare encourage to get past shame and be vulnerable to love. And each week we have spent a little time taking the chapters from that book, The Gifts of Imperfection, and noticing how her principles, mostly gleaned from the academic work of others, lined up with many lessons from the life of Jesus. Today's focus is on trying to give up looking cool, something I gave up on a long time ago, and opening up yourself to get past shame and hurt and disappointment and to become courageous enough to become vulnerable, all so that you can truly connect, connect with the world, connect with others, and connect with yourself. It's very hard to admit we're not all that. Let me apply it to ministry because it's so easy to say, I've got this. I can do it all myself. Look how good I am at what I accomplish. And it's much harder to offer the three most important words we will ever speak as an adult. Those three words, I need help. But all excellent ministry is not about showing how good we are as individuals, but upon demonstrating how interdependent we truly are upon one another. Doesn't that reframe what we mean by someone having a Messiah complex? For the Easter story is not about a man who can walk on water. No, it's something far more extraordinary. The Easter story is about a man who, while having the ability to walk upon water and to perform incredible and unbelievable miracles, allows himself to be made vulnerable, abandoned by his friends, condemned by the authorities of his religion, stripped of his clothes, beaten like an animal, executed by the oppressive powers of the imperial, imperial government, all because he was willing to live completely and totally for a love story that God desires this world to hear. A love story with so much love for the world that God's own son would die for it, proclaiming there is no greater love than this, that a man, a woman, a person would lay down his self-regard, her self-regard, his or her importance, his or her glory, his or her very life. And give that life away for friends. Even when these same friends had betrayed Jesus and abandoned him. And are truly reflections of how frail and perfect and messed up all of us are in humanity. Christ still comes to give his life. For them. And for us. 
and for the world. That's radical. World transforming. A power and a message that we are still trying to live up to. That we would not seek our own way, but out of love, give up our way for others in the world. Richard War writes, What Jesus exposed and defeated upon the cross was not to change God's mind about us. That didn't need changing. Jesus came to change our minds about God and about ourselves and where goodness and evil really lie. At the cross, a place fit for the condemnation of the world's twisted and evil ways, ways so vile and messed up that the world, us, would punish such a good and holy man by such a monstrous and horrific death. And we find this man not defending his innocence or stewing about how unfair life is and how unfair this thing that's happened to him is or screaming out in pain. No, Jesus announces there on the cross of all places, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. All our churches are best when we recognize our common human imperfections, our failures, and we persist to love one another through them, in spite of them, and past them. That's what acceptance and forgiveness and inclusion and the calling to renewal really looks like. And I think this church does that better than any other that I've ever been a part of. Consider these women in Luke who are the first witnesses to the resurrection. They approach the tomb early on the third day. Perhaps patiently waiting on the sidelines until the body had completely been released from the reigning authorities. They are drawn together by grief and sadness and common love for Jesus. They are broken and they believe that all hope for the world has now been lost. And in an act of vulnerable love, they showed up at a place where the other disciples had abandoned a place where their grief was certainly to be confounded and compounded. To look upon the lifeless body of the one you so deeply love. We've all been there, haven't we? We know how surreal it is. This vitality. This incredible person. Gone. Lifeless. It can tear apart at your soul. It leaves you numb and raw. But Jesus is not there. And they must believe, like all of us, words about him without experiencing the resurrection firsthand. Words so powerful 
so mysterious, so wonderful that the rest of the disciples could not hear it from these women who witnessed this event. Today, in this service, you witnessed two such stories of renewal from two men from very different backgrounds. One, a military veteran who was looking for deeper meaning in life. The other, a sincere Christian whose pronounced sexual orientation meant trouble and rejection. Both discovered through a Christian community whose gospel proclamation emphasizes fairness and liberation and inclusion, the answer to the Easter question posed to each one of us this morning, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Or in our context, why do you persist upon paths that only lead to an obvious and irreversible dead end? Why do we constantly seek true life in places that know nothing but arrogance and condemnation? How will we ever find authentic love in places where there's never room for humility or forgiveness? How can we experience the risen Christ where Jesus's message of welcome to the outcast, the forgotten, the poor and the marginalized is always resisted? Don't believe me? Go back and reread the Gospels. You'll discover that one of the first things out of our Lord's mouth in his ministry to those who are around them him, is you are forgiven. Even before it's requested, Jesus offers complete and unconditional acceptance. You are forgiven. Can we say that to the world? With not feeling uncomfortable? Amen. Can we say that to the person who's opposed us or frustrated us or made us angry? It's hard. No, we ought to do, we need to do more talking back in this conversation. That's, is that hard for you? So the next lesson will be about getting past your shame, adults. Thank you. Always listening. Be aware. Always listening. Well, if this message of total acceptance without condition makes you feel uncomfortable, well, you're in good company. It made the people around Jesus uncomfortable too. In the Brene Brown chapter that encouraged us to stop trying to play it cool, she begins with a quote that I believe offers for us some very Easter-like things to do, maybe even something you would want to do today. And while she attributes the saying to Mark Twain, it is likely better sourced from two hard-working writers in the 1980s 
and has been adapted over time. In other words, once you start digging around, you discover most good things are not from the cool people, but from plain, ordinary folks, unsung heroes with incredible moments of insight. Here's the quote. What I'm calling the Easter mantra for resurrected people. Dance like no one is watching. Sing like no one is listening. Love like you've never been hurt. And live like it's heaven on earth. You thought you were shameful saying amen. What would happen if this church started dancing in joy of the resurrection? A world of constant posturing, trying to prove personal worth through positioning yourself over others, pushing and pulling your way to a top that is inhabited only by no one else but your own ego, all accomplished through acting cool, made of Teflon, not allowing anything to get under your skin, being above it all, while still having contempt for others, creates a world of fear and anxiety. And it sounds very familiar to the world we are invited to attend to every single day. But a world willing to love when it hurts, to reach out to the forgotten, to hold loosely to self-promotion, a world like that looks like the church. And the church who knows how to break out and break loose and break down with joy singing and dancing is a world of resurrection breaking from the dark, dead, and damp destruction of the tomb. The resurrection validates the life and way of Jesus. That's what it does. That his message will not be killed no matter how much you try to snuff it out. That his way is the only way. The salvation way. And the way that all of us who trust in him must follow. A path of vulnerability and service. Of persistent love and relentless acceptance. Of constant forgiveness. And eternal grace and generosity. It's the only way to live. It's the only hope for the world. So take heart. Be not dismayed. Christ is risen. He is risen. Indeed. Kids, get ready. The next song has hallelujahs in it. <laughs> Hymn 240, hallelujah, give thanks. May you sing as if no one is listening. May you dance as if no one is watching. May you love even if you've been hurt. May through this song, heaven come and touch earth. Let us stand and sing.
right, I'm going to have to give you guys maybe a C minus on the praising stuff and the hallelujahs. A uh, few of you earned points for smiling this morning. And so if uh, you need a little more instruction and in smiling, there's some beautiful, wonderful people that have wonderful smiles here. Stick around, learn about stretching those muscles and allowing this joy of Easter to spring from your heart into your experience. You know, we just live in the worlds we create, don't we? And the world can be so dark, so depressing. I'm glad to be part of a message of hope and love and grace that is eternal for all time. And it's my choice to live in that. I hope it's your choice too. As you leave today, I have one quick uh, encouragement and invitation. Uh, first, that's uh, for those of you who are part of the congregation. We've been a little slow with the sale of the tickets for Kate Campbell. Um, I'm wondering if part of that is you're put off by putting up $10 first. So we're a community of grace. We'll take IOUs. Or if that $10 seems a little too much, then give us what you can. If the money would keep you from coming, then please don't allow that to be the barrier. We can take that away. Also, if you have a few folks that you want to invite, go ahead and take a few of those tickets. We'll trust you. And you can sell them to others or bring back the ones that you did not sell. So you can grab all of that as you leave today and exit the, the uh, building. But all of you are invited to be part of a fantastic concert that will be here two weeks on Sunday night with Kate Campbell, a folk singer who is marvelously talented and has great songs with incredible meanings. And we hope that you would feel invited to come to be a part of that. And I'm hoping by next week I'll say, you better get your tickets because they're almost gone. So allow us to know of your interest this week. Well, you're not going to beat the Methodists to the restaurant today, I'm sorry. <laughs> but let us now bow for the benediction with the joy of the risen Christ in our hearts. I read to you a benediction adapted from Helen Steiner Rice. God, give us eyes to see the beauty of the spring and to behold your majesty in every living thing. And may we see in lacy leaves and every budding flower the hand that rules the universe with gentleness and power. And may this Easter grandeur that spring lavishly imparts awaken buried seeds of faith lying dormant in our hearts. So give us ears to hear, dear God, the springtime song of birds with messages more meaningful than a preacher's often empty words telling harried human beings who are lost in dark despair, be like us and do not worry, for God has you in such loving care. Don't forget to dance and sing and love and bring heaven to earth. In the name of God the Creator and through His Son, the risen Christ, as we are transformed every moment of every day by the eternal and abiding Holy Spirit. Amen.